Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. It's good to see you in the room and great to see those who are watching online. Well, I can't see you, but if you're there, God bless you. It's so good to have you watching. How many know that this is a crazy time of year? Do you like this time of year? Who likes this time of year? Yes, kind of this... Yeah, I love it, but, but it's crazy, right? So much going on. But you know the thing that I love about this time of year is the opportunity we have when people are just that little bit more open to share the gospel. Yes. People are open to hearing the gospel. I don't think people have ever been more open than they are in my living memory. And that's a while now, <laughs> unfortunately. How many, how many actually believe in the hearts that Jesus is coming again soon? Well, that was muted. How many actually believe Jesus is coming again soon? If there's one thing that I'm just sensing, there's an urgency in my spirit, that one of these days we're going to hear that trumpet sound, the heavens are going to split and our Savior is going to be there. Amen? Jesus is coming again. And that means that this season is so important to sing people one to Jesus. Jesus said, look, the fields are white under harvest. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest. And that was such a sincere prayer of Jesus. And we are the laborers that he is looking to send out. Did you know that? You are the laborer that he's wanting to send out. Same with me. So in this season... As we are really focusing in on lost, found, and creating so many opportunities around this Christmas season, I love all the opportunities that are coming our way. Can I really encourage you? Let's get involved. Let's not just see this as programs, but let's see this as an opportunity to actually see people one to Jesus. Let's lift our faith expectation that it's not just going to be a successful program, but we're going to see multitudes come to Jesus. Amen? That's why we do what we are doing. How many know that the gospel is still powerful today? How many still know that Jesus still saves today? Jesus still heals today. Jesus still delivers today. Jesus still is on the throne today. And he's looking for us to be a part of carrying his heart and his word. And his desire to a lost and dying people. You know, he's relying on us. Those of you watching online, he's relying on you. He's relying on all of us to be sharers and carriers of the gospel. Amen? Some of you are not yet convinced. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. And it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Isn't it like Jesus to connect with the reality of people's world? These guys understood fishing, but they didn't understand what it meant to be a fisher of men. But he was drawing them in. At once they left their nets and they followed him. I want you to notice that. 
Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and what did they do? Followed him. So notice here that Jesus asked them, the response he was looking for was for them to actually follow him. The consequence of that would be he would make them to be a fisher of men. That word make, is, is the, it means that to cause someone to become something. So he is saying to them, you follow me and I will cause you to become a fisher of men. So that was the natural consequence of following Jesus. You follow, then you become, you are made to be a fisher of men. Just like if you exercise regularly, you will get fit. If you eat too much, you get fat. You don't sleep enough, you get tired. You follow Jesus, you become a fisher of men. That is the consequence of following Jesus. That is his promise. So let me ask a question. Why then do many of us struggle with being a fisher of men? See, we know in our heads that the gospel is important. So why at times do we find it so daunting to share the gospel with the people that are around us? Well, you know, it's easy to think, well, maybe I'm just not that sort of person. You ever thought that? It's okay for them. They're that kind of person or that kind of personality. But I want you to notice here that Jesus chose very ordinary people, fishermen. They hadn't done anything to prove themselves. They'd done nothing to qualify themselves. He chose them. They were not highly educated. They weren't high-profile people. They weren't trained in public speaking. They weren't highly gifted that we know. They were just ordinary people like you and me. God is not looking for educated people. He's not looking for trained public speakers. He's not looking for people who are qualified. He's simply looking for people who will follow him. Because as we do, we become a fisher of men. So if we're struggling with being made into a fisher of men, could the problem lie with the first part of the equation, the following? You know, following is far more than a decision to accept Jesus in our lives. It's a decision to follow him every day, to draw close to him, to know his presence. It's, it's, it's a longing and a desire to be with him. To find him. So when Jesus said follow, he was not thinking of the Instagram kind of follow. You know, we live in a world that we think to follow somebody is to just put on our phone. There you see the highs. Isn't it funny how it always involves holidays or food? Because we see the highs. We see the things that they want us to see. But what do we actually, actually know about them? 
we kind of follow them from a distance. It's like I follow the West Coast Eagles. I'm almost ashamed to say that today, but this year, next year, that's our year, next year. <laughs> yeah, we're going to flog the Dockers. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's easy for me to say, oh, you know, I follow the West Coast Eagles. But the truth is, I don't know any of the players personally. I don't know anything about who they are, what they are. I don't know about their, their public lives or their private lives. I don't know anything about them, and yet it's so easy to say, oh, I follow the Eagles. You see, we live in a world where follow can be so casual. It's like you go, you go to Ikea and you, you buy something and, and you're supposed to follow the instructions. How many of us do that? You stick the instructions in the bin and you start building this thing and you have some monstrosity where the door's upside down and the things or whatever. And So you go back to the bin, you pull them out and then you actually follow the instructions and you build what you're supposed to build, right? Jesus is talking about a different kind of follow to that casual kind of thing that is so easy to get involved in. So when Jesus said, follow me, he actually meant we follow in a, in a place and in a posture where we hear him. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We actually get to sense his heart and what is important to him. We get to see things and people through the lens of eternity. We begin to have our eyes opened to what is so important to Jesus. But here's the challenge. This is what I've found in my life. Following is such a big word. You know, it's really easy to follow at a distance. Kind of almost like Instagram, where we're casually kind of following. You know, I was in um, Singapore just recently with Melanie and we were sitting on the train. And I said to Melanie, can you see anybody in this crowded carriage who's not on their phone? We got off the, off the train. The, the station is packed and people are still on their phone. How they navigate people and escalators and whatever, I, I have no idea, but everybody was on their phone. Where is community? Where is fellowship? Where is talking? Where is communicating? You see, when we follow at a distance, that's when it's hard to hear the voice of Jesus. When it's just this casual kind of, not even casual, but sometimes we, I found in my life that Sometimes it's a bit like the people that follow Jesus, just being a part of the crowd. You know, multitudes follow Jesus in the crowd. They love the miracles. They love the interaction with the Pharisees and them being put in their place. But how many of them went home changed? How many of them went home actually having had a real encounter with Jesus. They went home essentially no different to when they came because they were just a part of the crowd. 
So if we follow at a distance, this is what I've discovered happens in my life. When we follow, it's so easy to get distracted. Oh man, we live in a world of distractions. Multitudes of them. But distractions, where we, when we get distracted, it's so easy. I've found to focus on my own needs and my own desires. What is going on in my world? That's the culture of the world we live in, right? Everything is so self-focused. So when we self-focused, what happens? Well, have you ever come to church and you've critiqued the service? Man, that worship set was amazing or, yeah, didn't really like the songs today. Not my, not my songs. Have you, you know, you critique the word and go, I'm not talking about PK here. His words are always off the charts. I just sit there and go. But you get an old preacher like me and you go, yeah, that was all right. That was, you know, give it a take, you know. It's, yeah. Oh, I met some of my friends. That was good. Oh, man. Yeah, the presence of God was here, but not like last week. You know, it's really easy. We've just made it all about us. We've just made the whole thing about what I like and what I don't like and what ticks the box for me and what, how, what makes me feel whatever I feel. But where's God? Where's his heart? What was he trying to say? What was he trying to do? What, what did he need, how did he mean me to connect with his spirit so that I'm there, not just to hear and to grow, but what about all the other people that he wanted me to bless and minister and encourage and, and talk to? So it's not just about me, it's... It's about us. It's about what we see. About what Jesus sees. When we come. I'll never forget, we pastored for a while in, in UK. And uh, we, uh, every now and then we had this crazy bunch of young adults who would come from Sunderland. They loved our church. I don't know why, but they would come. And uh, I, when they got excited, I had no idea what they were saying. None. I could not understand a word. But what I did understand, when somebody got saved, these young people, a whole lot of them from Sunderland, they would get around this person and they would start to dance and worship and rejoice. And it was like they were joining with the angels in heaven. They would be crying and laughing and celebrating and, and they'd be pulling out their word and go, oh, yes, God told me this this morning. And look, here it is happening. And can we pray for you? Prayer is so amazing. God answered my prayer. These people who got saved, they walked out of there seeing people who were so on fire, who so loved the word of God, who were so immersed in prayer and a natural thing and the excitement of the salvation but they literally danced didn't they they were crazy but it was exhilarating because they they saw the value of people coming to Jesus you know another symptom I found when I'm not following so close it's so easy to succumb to fear and embarrassment when it comes to the gospel to become 
self-conscious. That's what fear and embarrassment is. It's being self-conscious. Because we are more worried about their response and how it's going to impact us than how we are going to impact them. We are more looking at how does that make me feel? How does that, what, what am I thinking? What, what are they going to think of me? How are they going to respond? What's going to happen? Well, the truth is it doesn't matter what they respond because if we're sowing the seeds, we're relying on an all-powerful all Holy Spirit to water the seed, to do something way beyond what we can do. It's not our job to convince people of sin and righteousness and of judgment. That's the Holy Spirit. We make lousy Holy Spirits. But if we'll share, if we'll talk, somebody, just somebody could get it's saved. A seed can be sown, that it can be watered, and who knows when that seed is going to spring to life. Amen? Amen. Another symptom that I've found in my life is just looking at my prayer life. What, what consumes my prayer life? Is it five minutes in the car saying, God, bless my day, go before, protect me, keep me, help me, watch over my family, cover Nothing wrong with any of that. But what about all the lost people that you just might need to encounter that day? See, Jesus said when he taught us to pray, and this is, this is where we begin to understand his heart. He taught us to pray, our Father. See, that's positioned us. That's where salvation, that's where the gospel has placed us. That we can look into his face and say, Our Father, my Father, I'm loved, I'm accepted, I'm embraced. You're with me. You're, you, you're my everything. You're my dad. And then hallowed be your name. Oh, but you're still God. You're still so holy. So righteous, so powerful, so pure, so glorious, so majestic, so wonderful. Hallowed be thy name. And that leads straight into, then pray, my kingdom come, his kingdom come, and his will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. What is his will? That none should perish, but all should come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his will. So when we pray, that's not about me. That's about me being on my knees. That's about me praying for my neighbors, my work colleagues. Some of them need saving, I think. Um, sorry, I shouldn't have said that, Ty. I wasn't looking at you. Uh, but it's about actually praying for the people that surround our world to find Jesus. It's about saying, oh, God, your heart pounds. You're passionate about the lost. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Hell is real. People who don't respond to the gospel are going to hell. That's why God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have experience everlasting life. That's where the gospel leads to everlasting life. So is my prayer life 
Am I walking close enough to hear the heartbeat of God for people who he so loves so passionately? Or is my prayer life? God, I've got to do this today and I need that and my lounge has fallen apart and could you help me with money for this and God, I need your peace for that. Nothing wrong with any of that. But what about the lost? What about the gospel? Because see, when we follow him, that's what we're going to hear. We're going to hear his heart for the lost. We're going to see the opportunities. The Holy Spirit is going to come and begin to fill us and empower us. The Holy Spirit is going to begin to help us. The Holy Spirit is going to begin to open our eyes because he is going to make us into that fisher of men that can reach out and say something. Because it's his kingdom come. And his will being done on earth, not in heaven. That's why Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and everything else will be added to us. There's such joy in the gospel. There's such blessing in the gospel. There is such an overflow when we share the gospel. God just so quickly meets our needs. One of the next things that I've found when I'm not following so closely, is this all right so far? I'm putting myself right in the seat, aren't I? But I think most of us are like the rest of us. See, another warning light that comes on when I'm not following too closely is complacency. Not just complacency, But complacency will lead to complacency with sin. Where we no longer feel the sharpness of our conscience. We make excuses. We just manage. We live with sin. You know, if one thing destroys the potency of the gospel in our lives it's sin because if I'm going to manage and put up with sin why am I worried about sin in other people's lives come on friends he came to set us free He came to give us life and not just life, but abundant life. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Freedom from sin, freedom from the things that entangle us, freedom from the things that bring guilt, freedom from the things that bring shame, freedom from the things that box us and restrict us and, 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 and punch at our identity. Freedom to live and to share, not perfection. This is not about being perfect. But it's about walking close enough to know when he's not pleased with an attitude or an action or something that is going to detract from the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit working through me in order to see the kingdom come. Jesus, help us, huh? Lastly, let me just say this. It's also really easy 
to follow people who are following Jesus rather than following Jesus ourselves. We can never live off somebody else's revelation. As good as it is to have mentors, as good as it is to be discipled, as good as it is to be in fact, we need all of that. Oh, God, thank God for the leaders we have. But we still need our own walk with Jesus. We still need our own revelation with him. Amen? Because, you see, when we... When we follow Jesus intentionally, it's, it's a conscious decision we make each day to say, Jesus, today, I want to follow you. Jesus, today, I do not want to make it about me. Jesus, I want to make it about you. I want to make it about your kingdom. I want to make it about the things that are important to you. And when, we, when we're consciously saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to know you in your word. I want to pray. God, I want to hunger. I, I often ask God, God, make me hungry when I'm not hungry. Help me to be hungry because I want to follow you because when I follow you I open the door to the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in us and through us he has so many things friends that's where you begin to see the miracles if you've longed for a miracle then just begin to sidle up to Jesus listen to his voice it'll take faith it'll take faith following Jesus takes faith and obedience. Sometimes it's, it's challenging, but hey, you'll never live a more exciting life than when you do stepping out in faith. Because that's where God honors us with the miracles. He does what only He can do. When was the last time you did something that was impossible for you to do in your own strength and ability? See, that is faith. When was the last time you stepped out and going, oh boy, God, if you don't meet me, I'm in problem. But hey, when you meet him, oh boy, oh boy, that becomes a testimony that will live with you forever. That will become a testimony that will build your faith, that will build your strength, that will encourage you to step out again and, and reach out to the next person to do whatever it is that God is doing and wanting to do. And see, the other thing is that when we begin to consciously walk with Him and we get close with Him by looking into His face, love begins to birth a whole new sense of revelation and depth in our heart. And when love comes, you can't help but wanting to reach out for others. You see, sometimes we make it so complicated. Love is not complicated. Love can be as simple as asking somebody, how are you doing? How many times have people answered me? Well, actually, it's been a bit of a challenging week. Really? What's happened? Oh, my kids are this, or I can't afford that, or I'm just really worried about the future, or I have to make some decisions and I don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying, right? We live in a world that is stressed. But then it's so easy to say, hey, can I pray for you? I know somebody who can bring peace. I know somebody who can invade your space. Really? Yeah, let me pray. Ten second prayer. God, would you bring peace to this person? Would you bring clarity? Would you bring help? Would you bring strength? Whatever it is that we need or they need. You know the response nine times out of ten is, what just happened? What, what, what just happened? Why am I feeling this? And then it's so easy to say, well, that's Jesus. Because he loves you, because he cares for you. Because he wants to reach out to you. He loves you so much. And then you share your testimony. 
of God's goodness and grace in your life. You share what he's done for you. And they're going, really? Really? You say, yeah, and he's offering you the free gift of salvation today. He's offering to take away all of those things that make us ugly inside, that restrict us, that hurt us, because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But he came to give you life. Would you like to receive the gift of life? Would you like to receive the gift of Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah. Pray the sinner's prayer. It's not hard, right? But it's sin. It's faith. It's hearing God's heart for them. And then allowing him to do what only he can do. And he will do it. Lead them. You know, I love the team that just came back from the Philippines. They're an amazing team. I love them so much. And I asked each one of them to prepare their testimony and to prepare a sermon and be prepared to pray for people. And some of them were really nervous because that's not really their thing yet. And so we agreed together that this was not going to be about us or our abilities or even our experience. This was going to be about the people we were going to and simply being available for God to use us in whatever way he chose and with whomever he chose. Boy, we had to pivot at times. We had to just be ready to go at times. And, but it wasn't about us. We just decided that, God, would you use us? And you know what? We saw over 130 decisions for Jesus. Everywhere we went, everywhere we went, we saw people saved. Everywhere. Is that true, Lou, Cal? They came. There wasn't one place where we didn't see people saved. And many times it was... We went to this indigenous Filipino community. These people live in the mountains and they're the original inhabitants, so I'm told. We just sat around and talked with them. We saw the village chief get saved. We saw all the men who were there get saved, including our van driver. Ladies and children coming to Jesus. We went to work with some uh, volcano survivors from the eruption of Taal. And uh, they'd been displaced from their homes. They'd lost everything. And they don't have insurance. They don't have anything. And they'd been moved into these really crude army barracks that the army wouldn't stay there anymore because it was so dilapidated. I reckon we saw 60 people saved in that community as we went door to door as we did services and the miracles that we saw were amazing unbelievable the miracles we went into a prestigious snobby university that this church had been trying to crack open we saw 30 young people saved just one on one sharing Jesus and then we just saw so many miracles. We saw a lady in one of the services. She was wheeled. This is at the aisle where the volcano survivors. She was wheeled in in a wheelchair. She hadn't walked for six years. Her granddaughter wheeled her in. Prayed for. She leapt out of that wheelchair and started to run. She left wheeling her granddaughter in the wheelchair. 
How good is God? We were in this little community and this lady who was a notorious drug dealer who got saved. And she just started to love on all the street kids that she had pushed drugs on. And she was adopting them. And she brought this one girl to us who was completely blind in one eye. And said, would you pray for this young lady? I don't know what she was, 17, 18, something like that. I don't know how old she was. Completely blind in one eye. We prayed for her. And then this, this drug lady who got saved put a hand up over her eye and held her fingers out. Four fingers. And this girl went, four. And then both of them just started to scream, burst into tears. For the next two hours, people were putting their fingers up in front of this what was a blind eye. And she's so much clarity, total sight in her eye, completely healed. Amen. There was the funny thing was, there was this old man who was standing watching. He was from here to the pulpit away, just watching us pray for this girl. He is totally deaf. As we're praying for him, suddenly he jumps. He goes, oh, oh, it's so loud. It's so loud. So what happened? God just popped his ears open and completely healed. He's hearing. Nobody even prayed for him. Just completely healed his ears. We saw one old man come in. He'd had a stroke. The left side of his body was paralyzed. He was dragging his leg. We prayed for him. He started to jump and leap and completely restored, completely healed. See, this is what happens when it's not about our talent or our ability. It's about our heart to want to follow Jesus and put in practice faith and love and then let God do what only He can do. Let the Holy Spirit do what only He can do and cause us and make us to be fishers of men that is his destiny for all of us to be fishers of men that can happen in all of our lives every one of us because we're following him and we're hearing his heart we're saying yeah yeah God I want you and I want you to make me to be a fisher of men, to be empowered. See, when we follow, he shifts my focus from me to the eternal. See, it's all about eternity. When we stand before him, all that's gonna matter to us then is the fruit of our lives and the people that we offer to him as we stand before him. The people that we've shared the gospel. That's our fruit. That's what he's going to reward. That's what he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Because we've allowed the Holy Spirit to make us to be who Jesus said. He is going to make us to be. Amen. You're hungry to follow Jesus. You're hungry to see his kingdom come. Come on, he's got so much for you. He's looking at your family. He's looking at your kids. He's looking at your neighbors. He's looking at your work colleagues. And he's saying, come on, I'm going to make you to be the fisher of men that he's going to speak into their lives, that he's going to see them become free, that he's going to see them over time respond to the gospel. It's not up to us as to what they do, but it's up to the Holy Spirit then to work on the seed that has been sown because we are 
sharing the gospel, the good news that Jesus saves, that he came, that he's given it all for us, that he cares. We meet with our neighbours once a month for coffee on our day off because we want to see our street saved. We want to see our street one to Jesus. Yeah. What has God got for you? Who has he got for you? What does he want to do in you and through you for his glory? And I tell you what, it'll be the most exciting thing. It'll be the best Christmas gift you ever get to experience the reality of the Holy Spirit doing what only he can do in us and through us for the glory of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.